Well, good, good morning to each of you. I'm glad we're together. I'm glad we're together so we can uh, center upon our Lord, offering praise and thanksgiving and uh, worship to Him. I am uh, thankful that we're able to uh, focus very clearly upon uh, God's Word. I'm excited about our next sermon series. We uh, start that today. Uh, we will uh, be over the weeks of the, of the summer focusing in on the minor prophets. Uh, there is nothing minor about the minor prophets. They, they speak with authority. They are just as relevant today as they were the, the day in which they, uh, they spoke. The minor prophets are, are simply just shorter in length as compared to, say, uh, in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They may be short in, uh, in, in length, but they, they offer a very profound and powerful word for each of our lives. So don't be uh, fooled about the brevity of the, uh, of the minor prophets. They have much to say to us, particularly uh, as it relates to the, to the times in which we live. And I think we'll find that as we uh, make our way through today, but as we make our way through the Sundays of, of this series. Uh, the minor prophets have much to say about acting justly. They speak clearly about treating people with, with respect and dignity, and not just people, but, but an emphasis upon, upon all people, regardless of their station. The minor prophets hold our feet to the fire when it comes to self-righteousness. We're really called to, to hold that sort of thing in, in check. In a word, the, the, the minor prophets don't pull any punches when it comes to the importance of maintaining a right relationship with God and a right relationship with, with other people. Over the years, I've found that the summer lends itself to a, a focused Bible study where you, say, take a, an individual book and go chapter by chapter, or whether in this instance we go from, from book to book. I'm convinced that uh, our study of the minor prophets will lend itself well to what we're about over the weeks of the summer. Let me encourage you to consider not only the particular passage that we'll be reading on a given Sunday, but as I said, the, uh, the, the minor prophet, uh, the books of the minor prophets are, are short enough to where you can uh, grab those and, and read all the way through. I encourage you to do that. I think you'll find yourself very challenged. Well, let's go ahead and, and, and get to it. Today, we uh, kick off this series by reading a passage from uh, the book of Hosea. Today, Hosea 6, verses 1 through 6. Let's hear this from God's Word. O come, let us return to the Lord. He has uh, torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, uh, He will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us, that we may live in His presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, um, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? 
Your, your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I will cut you in pieces with my prophets. I, I killed you with the words of my mouth. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. God's word for God's people. Well, as we read through this passage, Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, we find these to be challenging words. At first, there is a, a word of encouragement. Upon returning to the Lord, healing will take place. Injuries are bound up. Lives are restored. The work of the Lord falls like a rain. How neat that uh, Ashley would reference that passage of, of, of that gentle rain falling upon us. The very work of the Lord making uh, its way into our lives. And so this, this chapter of Hosea starts out positively, uh, the Lord uh, moving in, in, in certain ways to, to bind us up in our, in our hurt. And then eventually the, the question comes, what am I going to do with you, Israel? What am I going to do with you? Your, your love um, is, uh, is, is, is fickle. You are with me one moment and not the next. You are much more, being, uh, much more about being religious than you are about being in relationship. Can you relate? God has a way of uh, hitting us over the head with a two-by-four. There are those, uh, those seasons where we're, we're fickle with the Lord and not with the Lord. We're just sort of moving uh, with the, the prevailing winds and the changing tides. Uh, we, uh, we find ourselves uh, maybe even more concerned about being religious than we are in being in relationship, not only with God, but with other, other people. And so we find ourselves hearing very clearly from the prophet and challenged all the more. Hosea prophesied during the, the middle of the 8th century B.C., and there was uh, much that went on, uh, both for the northern kingdom of, uh, of Ephraim, Israel, and the southern kingdom of, uh, of Judah. Uh, Hosea was from the, the northern kingdom, and he knew that dark clouds loomed, if for no other reason, because the, the people were not following God as they, as they should. They were all about, though, keeping good appearances when it came to religion, but they were not so keen upon being thoroughly obedient. In fact, they were so far off track that they began to chase after other gods. The book of Hosea opens with a, a love story, and it's not one that you would expect, though. It's got a, a little bit of a, a racy uh, tone to it. If you read, and I want to encourage you to read the whole of the book of, uh, of Hosea, but if you read Hosea chapters 1 through 3, you, you see this um, love story playing out. Uh, it's the sort of love story that would uh, go well in a supermarket tabloid. 
Uh, I don't know if you uh, get those, but uh, as you walk through the checkout line, you see them right there, and at least you get uh, your eye drawn toward uh, what's going on on the, on the front, cor- uh, front uh, cover of those grocery store tabloids. Well, this uh, Hosea 1 through 3 has uh, the same sort of tone, if you will. Hosea was commanded to marry a harlot, a common prostitute. He was also commanded to, uh, to have uh, children with her. Her name is, uh, is Gomer, and as you might guess, she was quite unfaithful. I told you that this, uh, this story, this love story, if you will, was fit for the grocery store tabloids. Well, Hosea remained faithful all the way through, just like God does with us, which is the message that Hosea basically wants to get across. He wants to get that across to the, the nation, the northern kingdom of Ephraim, you know, that, that God is, uh, is going to remain faithful even though you are unfaithful. And certainly it's a message for us that God's faithfulness remains with us regardless of our unfaithfulness. God loves us in just this way. He, he goes after us even at our worst. God keeps after us. He's consistent in that. He is persistent in every way. He just keeps after us. He, he loves us when we are unable to, divine, to find love, much less live love out in our lives. God still stays with us. I'm particularly taken by the uh, what the prophet writes about the the children that are born uh, to to Hosea and uh, and and Gomer, he says that those who were considered nobodies became somebodies. Hear that? Those who were nobodies became somebodies. The apostle Paul references that in uh, Romans nine verse twenty five. He he talks about Christ's work in reconciling us to God. Let's hear what, the, what that says. Today, we read that passage from the message. I'll call nobodies and, and make them somebodies. I'll call the unloved and make them beloved. In the place where they yelled out, you're nobody, they call you God's living children. Hosea is often called a, a prophet of love. And that may be because of, of what uh, is written in chapters one through three. But I think all through this grand book, you, you learn about uh, God's love, his loving kindness, his mercy toward, uh, toward his creation. Hosea is of the, of the firm mind that despite how much we mess things up, God still loves us. He was that way for, for Ephraim and Judah, Uh, He is that way for us even to this day. God's love love permeates everything that there is. Just like we talked a few weeks ago, when we talk about uh, God's love, when we talk about love, love is both um, a a noun and a a verb. We we talked about that same sort of thing when we referenced hope. We can say the same for love. It is both noun and verb. God is all love. He is love, noun, and he acts in all love toward us, verb. Love is who God is. 
And God is actively at work to share that love. God loves us to no end. Love is both noun and verb when it comes to God. You know that great passage from uh, 1 John 4, 8, where it says very, very simply, very, very profoundly, God is love. If you read very much of, uh, of Hosea, you will recognize that there uh, is a lot of tough love going on. And in fact, you're going you're gonna to find that as you read through each of these minor prophets. These are prophets, after all. They are forth-telling the, the will of God. And, and God, through the prophets, speaks very clearly, very pointedly, and it unsettles us. It unsettled the, the people in the day in which that word was spoken, and it continues to unsettle us even to this day. We, we will squirm a bit as we really uh, find ourselves reading through and, and digging deeply. Like a parent who is angry with a wayward child, God is angry with his people. He so loves them, though, he is no less loving with us, but he, uh, he still uh, offers his uh, righteous indignation when we find ourselves in a, in a wayward nature. Even the exile that uh, presented itself to the northern kingdom, that, that exile that was suffered at the hands of the Assyrians is an expression of tough love. And believe me, it was tough. There was not, nothing uh, at all easy about the, the exile that, that uh, the northern kingdom experienced under the Assyrians. All along, though, God was very much at work to bring about his good purposes. His mercy, his loving kindness would, uh, would clearly uh, be in play uh, even as these... Uh, these exiles were away in Assyria, and even as they would begin to return to their homeland. As we said earlier, God would eventually bring healing. He would bind up uh, the wounds of those who were injured, and he would restore them to the right place of relationship, the very place that God wanted them to be in the first place. God showered his love upon them like a warm and, and steady rain. And they eventually returned, the northern kingdom did, to their rightful place as the children of God. All because God loved enough to bring a tough love. Well, the Hebrew word hesed, H-E-S-E-D, is used liberally in the, uh, the book of Hosea. The word uh, hesed is best translated loving kindness or, or mercy, both words inter interchangeably. God's loving kindness, God's mercy ex extended, extends our way and enables us to share the very same with those who are around us. Because we experience God's loving kindness, we are able to share the same with those who we meet and, and those with whom we interact.
because we've experienced God's mercy, we are also then able to be merciful. Kindness is in short supply these days. I think we recognize that as much as, uh, as anything. I've been so thankful for the young people in, in, in our own county who have uh, taken the time to remind us to be kind. You've seen these signs all over the place. They have been, uh, been, been, been offered, and uh, people have stuck them in their, their front yard, and, and as you pass by them, you remember to be kind. Being kind has a way of weaving its way into the fabric of life if enough, enough people get on board. I hope that we are being kind. I hope that we are kind in, in the way that we dispatch and deport our lives. It starts, starts all this stuff about kindness with, with one person catching the spark and then passing it along. And it's one of those things that as that one person is kind, then, then others are struck by that, and they get, get with it. They, they begin to, 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 to be kind as well, and it begins to, to, to spread and to, to disseminate, and, and before long, kindness begins to prevail. More far-reaching in regard to kindness, we would all do well to be struck by the very kindness of God toward us his loving kindness. And as we are struck by God's loving kindness, then we'll find ourselves at that much better place to pass it along. It is a fact that uh, God first loved. He did right out of the gate in creation and has done so all the way through, even in the mix of of exile and of a wayward people, God, uh, God still loves. God loves us first, and in that we find ourselves uh, better able to love not only Him, but to love other people. I pray for the day when loving kindness is a, is a cultural thing, born out of a spiritual thing. That only happens as we get ourselves right with God. That only happens as we open our hearts and receive the very loving kindness that God longs to share in our lives. I pray for revival, that where, where people all around the world are opening themselves to God's loving kindness. And only then will the dark clouds of anger and animus and and, and hatred uh, so prevalent today, those dark clouds then will begin to pass. And we'll find God's love bringing a brighter day. I think mercy functions in, in much the same way. When we experience mercy, we are in a much better place to be merciful. Have you experienced God's mercy? Do, do you recognize that? To where you find yourself in that, that needy place, that far away place, that, that place that is not very becoming, and yet God presents himself, touches you in his mercy, and turns your life around. And so as you experience that, as you live into that mercy, you can't help but be merciful yourself. Jesus himself said, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Mercy 
begets mercy. It is the way of God for each of our lives. And so the prophet, or the prophet Hosea says, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Hosea spoke a clear word into his time, and he speaks clearly into our own. Mercy. Mercy, not sacrifice. Mercy, not so much religiosity. Mercy, not the, the, the window dressing that so often comes with our uh, spiritual experience. Mercy, loving kindness. These are the things that God requires of us. The people in Hosea's day were all about checking the boxes when it came to sacrifices and, and, and burnt offerings. To put that another way, they were all about doing the right things in order to satisfy what they understood to be religion. Yet they missed the boat when it came to extending mercy and loving kindness. They, they even went so far afield that they played footloose with God and, and chased after those other gods. They traded obedience for appearances, relationship, for self-righteousness. They found themselves far afield of God's will for their lives. They missed the mark. They missed the mark so bad that they turned their back on God and chased after other gods. They were so blinded by their self-righteousness that they would no longer know the difference between right and wrong, godliness and wickedness. And they found themselves in a bad strait. And God uses the prophet to control them, to awaken them, even to alarm them of the error of their ways. Hosea spoke to that sort of thing, and he did so quite clearly. He did so in no uncertain terms, and dare we say that he continues to speak, even to this day, to where appearances really do not count. It's the disposition of the heart that God looks at, and how we, in, in response to that, live our lives in relationship with other people. Hosea does a really great job about calling us to that uh, particular uh, uh, play of, of relationship to where we are rightly related with God and we are rightly related with other people. I think Jesus uh, does the very same thing. He is all about us having a right relationship with God and certainly a right relationship with other people. Jesus is all about love. We know that. He came in all love but he, he comes in a love that, uh, that, that seeks to, to make a difference, a love that, uh, that changes lives, that, that transforms who people are and how they, they, they deport themselves in, in this life. Jesus is all about love. Jesus is all about mercy. As mercy is extended our way, then we can't help but turn and extend mercy 
to those who are around us. Jesus is all about loving kindness. We are a people of the golden rule, after all. So in everything, do to others as you would have them do unto you. And at the very center of that is is an extension of, of kindness that makes profound difference in the life of the world. And so uh, we have that great image of both the uh, vertical as well as the horizontal planes in which we are to live our lives. On the uh, vertical plane, we are to live in relationship with God. On the horizontal plane, we are to live in relationship with other people. And we are to do that uh, Uh, with loving kindness and mercy. And that is uh, seen no more clearly in in the very symbol of our faith, the cross. The the cross, the the very place where, where Jesus gave his life so that all of this might become possible. We, uh, We are reminded as we ponder the cross of our vertical relationship with God the horizontal relationships that we carry on with other people. And they meet in the very thing that, that Jesus did. Sure, he came, he taught, he, he, he lived, but he died so that our lives might be transformed by the very forgiveness and reconciliation that is offered by our Lord. And we recognize that sort of interplay of, of, the, of the vertical and the horizontal when we come to this table. We, we celebrate the real presence of Christ. We also recognize the, the love that we have for one another all around this table. And so as we share in this holy meal today, let's uh, be reminded of the, of the, the, the great prophecy of, uh, of uh, Hosea, where it's not so much sacrifice, it's not so much just doing religion, but it is, uh, it is a matter of mercy and loving kindness, first extended by God through Jesus to our lives and then issued forth uh, to all who are around us. Let's share in this time of communion. And as we do, may we know the deep and abiding blessings of our God who then prepare us to share his love and his mercy to those who are around us. May God be with us all. Seriously.